the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to Vatican Insider on this February weekend that includes the Saturday, February 11th, 31st World Day of the Sick. The theme this year is Take Care of Him from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now, before I look at the news, I want to tell you about my guests in the interview segment. Father Ramil Fajardo, rector of the National Cabrini Shrine in Chicago, sculptor Lou Cella, and Carol Christensen, a St. Cabrini fan, follower, and enthusiast, and the inspiration for this week's story. We are all united by our faith, by the fact we are all Chicagoans, and by our common love for St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, better known to millions as Mother Cabrini. You'll hear a lot about her life in this four-way conversation. But more importantly, what brings a small delegation from Chicago to Rome for a week? So don't miss this. Now, some of the week's news highlights. Sunday, February 5th. After Mass in Juba, South Sudan, a six-hour flight and an in-flight press conference, Pope Francis returned to Rome after a moving, emotional, and even exhilarating trip of six days in the Democratic Republic of Congo and South Sudan. War-torn, violence, exploitation, corruption, poverty, hunger, refugees, and displaced persons, all these terms describe these lands. Pope Francis was touched by all of these things as he met men, women, and children who were refugees, who had no homes, who had been badly mutilated by warring factions, scarred for life by man's inhumanity to man. At one point, the Holy Father had no words, only tears. However, the Holy Father also saw the beauty of these peoples, their culture, and their faith. A million enthusiastic people attended the Papal Mass in the DRC, where Francis urged the Congolese to reject violence, lay down their arms, embrace mercy, and be missionaries of peace and hope. In Juba on Saturday, the Pope met with 2,500 South Sudanese refugees, telling them, You are the seed of a new South Sudan, a seed for the fertile and lush growth of this country. Dear friends, those who would call themselves Christians must choose which side to take. Those who choose Christ choose peace, always. Those who unleash war and violence betray the Lord and deny his gospel. What Jesus teaches us is very clear. We are to love everyone. The Congolese, Sudanese, and many other Africans came from near and far to see and to be with the Pope. One group of 60 pilgrims spent nine days walking 250 miles to Juba just to be in the presence of the successor of Peter. Monday, February 6th, in two separate telegrams to the apostolic nuncios in Syria and Turkey with words of closeness and assurances of prayers, Pope Francis said he was saddened by the huge loss of life caused by earthquakes in those countries. The telegrams were sent in the Pope's name by Cardinal Secretary of State Pietro Parolin. In the days since, the numbers of victims has grown at least tenfold to well over 20,000 by Friday. Tuesday, February 7th was a quiet news day in the Vatican, but Wednesday, February 8th, we saw a video message of the Holy Father for the Ninth International Day of Prayer and Awareness Against Human Trafficking. 
In his message, Pope Francis spoke of the shameful scourge of human trafficking, saying it disfigures dignity. Exploitation and subjugation limit freedom and turn people into objects to use and discard. And the system of trafficking profits from the injustice and wickedness that obliges millions of people to live in conditions of vulnerability. Wednesday was the feast of St. Josephine Bakita, slave and victim of traffickers, who found her freedom and became a religious. She's the patron saint for victims of human trafficking. At the weekly general audience Wednesday in the Paul VI Hall, the Pope dedicated his catechesis to his just-concluded 40th apostolic trip to the Democratic Republic of Congo in South Sudan. I thank God, he said, who allowed me to make this long-desired trip to dreams. Thursday, February 9th. Pope Francis welcomed physicians from the health pastoral care of the Diocese of Rome and also some patients ahead of Saturday's World Day of the Sick, telling the doctors never to be discouraged, for it is the face of Jesus in those that they serve, and that the Lord is closest to those in fragility. Let us remember, first of all, how important it is to get close to those who suffer, offering listening, love, and acceptance. But in order to do this, we must learn to see in our brother's pain a signal of precedence, which deep in our heart forces us to stop and does not allow us to go any further. Also Thursday, the Pope addressed members of the Vatican's Amateur Sports Association on the occasion of the 50th anniversary of the establishment of the Vatican Football League. He noted that since the first football match in the Belvedere Courtyard in 1521, in the presence of Pope Leo X, the association now includes other sports disciplines. He said healthy athleticism is an activity that can contribute to the maturation of the spirit, saying three things are important, training, discipline, and motivation. Friday, February 10th, meeting a group of indigenous delegates attending the sixth global meeting of the Indigenous Peoples Forum, Pope Francis called for the protection of their rights and highlighted the crucial role of indigenous peoples in the fight against climate change. We should listen more to indigenous peoples and learn from their way of life to properly understand that we cannot continue to greedily devour natural resources because the earth was entrusted to us in order that it be a mother for us, capable of giving to each one what is necessary to live. Therefore, the contribution of indigenous peoples is essential in the fight against climate change. Also Friday, Meeting with the managers and athletes of the Italian Modern Pentathlon Federation on Friday, Pope Francis reflected on the enduring value of sport as a path toward personal improvement. He noted that the modern pentathlon, which includes fencing, shooting, swimming, running, and horseback riding, finds its roots in ancient Greece. He said, excellence is a good thing, but our quality of life depends not on this but on affecting a good average in diverse situations. Sport can assist us because it teaches us to improve through patience, exercise, creativity, and perseverance in order to reach heights that seemed impossible to attain. Well, those are the news highlights of the week at the Vatican, but stay right here for my conversation with three fellow Chicagoans about how they are honoring Chicago's St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, known as Mother Cabrini to Millions, and how they brought her to Rome. 
was a scholar, a preacher, a Capuchin Franciscan, and a defender of Christendom. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Lawrence of Brindisi was one of the most respected preachers in the 17th century, but he also helped raise an army against the Ottoman Turks when they invaded Hungary in 1601. He led the troops to victory against the Turks, carrying only a crucifix. He was declared a Doctor of the Church in 1959. To find out more about the Doctors of the Church, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. EWTN uses the power of radio to reach people whenever and wherever they're searching for answers to questions about their Catholic faith. EWTN Radio is heard on over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio affiliates. For a complete list of programs and how to hear EWTN Radio, visit EWTN.com and click Radio. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. I want to welcome my listeners to a new edition of Vatican Insider. And this week it's a triple threat. I have three guests uh, for the interview segment. Three guests, uh, all of us are bound by the common love of a saint, as you're going to hear in just a minute. We are all Chicagoans, and we're all in Rome, obviously, at the moment, celebrating something which you're going to hear about right now. And so one of my guests you've heard before, and that's Father Ramil Fajardo, and he's the rector of the National Shrine of St. Francis Xavier, also known as Mother Cabrini, um, in Chicago. And my other two guests are Lou Cella, sculptor. Many of you know a lot of his of his works in and around Chicago, Notre Dame, and, and other places. And Carol Christensen. She's really the inspiration behind what we'll be talking about today. So welcome to all of you, Father, Carol, and Lou. Thank you. So, Thank you. Our topic today is a saint, the woman whose life unites all of us here, as I said, we're all Chicagoans. And that's St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, known as Mother Cabrini. Chicagoans and many other people know her by that name. They know the beautiful shrine dedicated to her in the Windy City. And Father Ramil will tell us about that and the just-concluded jubilee dedicated to her. Now, just one word about St. Francis, if, for heaven's sake, she's new to a few of you. St. Francis Xavier Cabrini died December 22, 1917 after spending much of her life working with Italian immigrants in the United States. In his homily at the canonization on July 7, 1946, Venerable Pius XII then described Mother Gabrini's life as an admirable epic of struggles and spiritual victories. So we see her, this heroine of modern times, appearing in our midst, rising like a star from a humble town in Lombardy rising in her light and crossing the oceans, spreading the warmth of her rays everywhere and arousing around her the wonder of peoples. And, of course, we know that she worked for many, many years with immigrants, therefore a saint uh, doubly important, really, to today's world. So, Father Ramil, tell us a little bit. The Jubilee has just concluded. Tell us about that. And then um, we're going to be talking about a statue and a trip to Rome. So... Well, it was a wonderful opportunity to celebrate the 75th anniversary of her canonization. And upon my appointment as rector, I said to the board of directors and the sisters at the time, uh, what can we do to honor her? And they 
didn't really have any ideas at the moment, <laughs> in the moment. And so I just said, well, let's have a, let's have a Jubilee. And, and it was just, I think everyone was so shocked by it that uh, I went forward with it, talked to Cardinal Supic, and got Cardinal Mauro Piacenza to issue a Jubilee uh, indulgence, plenary indulgence for visiting the shrine and praying it, with us for, uh, for their various needs. And it was just a wonderful opportunity for people to discover the shrine and remember Mother Cabrini. In fact, I wonder, I can't remember, I think there were something like 175,000 packed into Soldier Field for a massive Thanksgiving. Oh, how beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Now, the two people that are with you today, Carol and Lou, our, our sculptor Lou, um, how did you all become acquainted? Well, one day, uh, shortly after my appointment, I happened to be at the cathedral, and I was just walking past the conference room, and Mr. Mark Teresi, the uh, chief of staff over at the cathedral, suddenly ran out of the room, grabbed me and said, hey, you're the rector of at Cabrini Shrine. I want you to meet two people. And here was Carol and, at the time, Florence Sorensen. And we just started talking. And I th thought, oh, nice introduction. And it turned out to be a three-hour conversation <laughs> as we were talking about Sounds like an Italian lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but no food. <laughs> just coffee. And uh, we, we had a three-hour conversation. And, in fact, Mark had to leave. And all of a sudden came back and said, what are you still doing here? <laughs> wow. So, Carol, tell us about the conversation, your role in things, and as I called you, the inspiration, yes. based on hearing your stories. Yes. Well, I've known Mother Cabrini most of my life. I met her when I was 18 years old and went to Columbus Hospital School of Nursing. And we went in and prayed to her before every test, so I kind of grew up with her. But later, as I got older, I worked internationally, and I, I really came to understand the plight of the immigrant, you know. And maybe in the year 2000, one of the sisters, the missionary sisters, the order she founded, entrusted me with several first and second class relics that had been passed down uh, to her through the institute. And she said, just hold on to these, you're responsible for them. And in 2018, I was in um, Rome and at the Vatican to see the statue of Mother Cabrini that's right near the uh, papal altar. And as I Which we saw this morning. I, I guess I should preface this by saying that we are having this conversation um, in a hotel not far from St. Peter's Basilica where Father celebrated Mass along with the deacon and the small group that accompanied uh, Father from Chicago. So we're, we saw the statue of Mother Cabrini in the Basilica. Right, and that's what really inspired me. And I thought, we need a statue of her in Chicago because she was Chicago's saint. She died there, she lived there, she walked our streets, she yeah. worshipped at Holy Name Cathedral. So in, in a string of events, I finally met Lou, and uh, he agreed uh, to undertake this project. And uh, it took a year for the sculpturing to be complete, and she, the statue was dedicated uh, on October 15th of 2022. So the idea of a statue. So Carol came to you, Lou, knowing your work, and said, do you think you can do this for us? We want a statue. The idea was to have a statue for the cathedral in Chicago. Yeah, I worked for the Rappel-Adamrani Fine Arts Studio, and the owner, Omri, had tapped Jessica Lepresti and myself to do this because we both uh, had Catholic upbringings and had Italian-American backgrounds. So we had both heard about Mother 
our entire lives. We went to Catholic schools, so that was a common theme. Sure. And then having the opportunity to actually create something that was not only so close to Chicago, but Holy Name Cathedral was there was really spiritual opportunity, and and that's how we treated it. We uh, sculpted in clay then proceeded to molds in a lost wax process that led to the bronze six-foot sculpture that is on a two-foot granite marble base uh, there in Chicago. It is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. But I have to say, I'm almost sorry this is radio, because Lou showed me before we started the interview pictures uh, from the very first step of creating the framework, if you will, that's going to hold all of this solid matter. And it looks like, like you said, a metal obelisk or something. And then the finished product is this woman, this saint whom we all knew and loved. How did you base your sculpting of, like of her face? What did you go on? Pictures? That, yes, yeah. there, and there are not many uh, pictures of her. She was she was not a, a camera hound. She she was focused on her missions, uh, but uh, Carol and other people in the in the group agreed that there was a specific photo of her as a younger woman that they wanted to display as her portrait, but use the more well recognized habit that she wore uh, later in her life. So we combined these elements and resourced every photo we could to capture the personality of of mother. Now, did she design uh, uh, the habit that, she, that her nuns wore? Yes. Yes, so she did. Yeah, and, and of course, the most identifying characteristic is, is the bow tie that they had uh, clipped uh, to the to the bonnet. Forgive me if I'm not getting all of the, the correct words right, but there, there was that, and then there was this checkerboard-like pattern on the on the veil that was also very signature. Oh, that's beautiful. Signature. You showed me that. So, and, and I will tell my listeners that... Um, when I post this, when we, when you listen to this on the weekend, the Friday before the weekend, my radio show airs, I always post pictures of my guests. And in this case, um, Lou is going to be sending me some photos, so you'll be able to see the statue. And if you're in Chicago, you go to the cathedral. So, so the process took a year, Carol said? Oh, gosh, we actually started uh, talking with people connected to the shrine uh, about four or five years ago. So it, 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 was, it, was, uh, it was a long thing, and as a lot of these go, sometimes you don't think it's going to happen, but you, you, you have faith, and you have faith. Yeah. And as, uh, as people at the shrine had said all along, said, Mother will watch over, and, and sure. she, she will guide us through, and she sure did. Now, also, Lou, tell us about some of your other works, where, where they are. I can post that on my blog as well, but, you know, I, you've done something for Notre Dame? Uh, yes, at the University of Notre Dame, uh, I did a sculpture of uh, Father Hesburgh and Father Joyce, who worked in tandem oh, sure. for many, many years sure. uh, at the university. I went to St. Mary's while he was the oh. president of Notre Dame. Oh, so you're so, very familiar yeah. with uh, yeah. <laughs> Father Ted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was a very special one. Uh, I've, done, I've done probably more sports-related. So if you were to go to Wrigley oh. Field in Chicago or... or where the White Sox play in Chicago and uh, the Detroit Tigers, the Seattle oh. Mariners, I, and our studio goes well beyond that. There, there, there's things all over the country. One that was always a very uh, heartfelt one was of Pat Tillman, a former football player for the oh, Arizona I, Cardinals, who oh. died fighting in Afghanistan yes, because exactly, of his a deep well-known sense name. of yeah uh, patriotism. And that that so so it, that's one of the difficult aspects of what we do very often we are asked to create a sculpture of somebody who's recently passed away sure. so you're working closely with a family oh, who sure. is still grieving 
Sure. And and that that would be one of those. Yeah, you know, you you handle it as yeah. a great deal. But you have to bring and, something immensely beautiful into their lives when you're looking at a scat at a statue or a bust or something. Now we have to go from the big statue to a miniature okay. of Mother Cabrini, and that's why you all are in Rome. So, Carol or Father, who's going to tell us the story of the miniature that Lou created? Well, it's um, it's the Exact replica of the uh, statue in the little plaza uh, fa- uh, in, on State Street, so Holy Name Cathedral's plaza, right by State Street. It's just a wonderful statue, and we had talked about trying to get a copy to the Pope. Now, it really didn't become serious until the the uh, I guess the group decided let's do this, and. We came up with a wonderful, wonderful statue. Uh, Carol was the one. Why don't you explain how what your thinking was? Like we got to do this, right? <clears throat> we thought for sure um, the Pope, who loves Mother Cabrini, we're told because she worked in Argentina and he's from Argentina. We thought he he really needs to see this. So and, and one of his main focuses in his entire pontificate has been immigrants. A- absolutely, absolutely, yes. So we approached Cardinal Supich, who made the arrangements for us to uh, go to the papal audience, and we had the great honor of presenting the Holy Father with a small replica of the statue. And he, he knew it was Mother Cabrini. Oh, my yeah. gosh. He yeah. said Cabrini. Yeah. <laughs> and the thrill was, um, you know, he was in his wheelchair with the valet, so there it was a short amount of time. Sure. But at one point... Lou was holding the statue, I had my hand on it, and the Holy Father did too. And that was a thrill. Of course. Yes. Well, I uh, when I saw the picture and, you know, met you all right after the event, I remember saying, because I so loved the, the miniature of the statue too, just imagining it, I said, I'd love to think of this as be, being the another statue on the Holy Father's desk, because he does love St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And so he always has, um, I think, on his desk at the Santa Marta and then the one in, in the Vatican Palace. I think he has that. So. That's what we're hoping. <laughs> yes. yeah, 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 right. And we're going to tweet him and say, Holy Father, when we come to visit you, we want to see this on your desk. Mm-hmm. You know, so. <laughs> so this has been a, a very meaningful moment for you. Let's go back to Lou and just knowing the Holy Father has in his hand your the miniature it's it was unimaginable a few months ago i can't tell you what a, a special special feeling this is for sure. for for carol and and ramil of course but for my whole family who yeah as, as so you're a, catholic you're a chicagoan you have italian background so i mean how how much better can it get right that, that, exactly yeah. exactly and 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 i spent so much time refining that little figure it, it was truly just like the big ones i always refer to them they're like a child sure. and then you let them go yeah. they become the publics or whoever commissioned it and yeah. and that's what carol and i were doing uh, as right. as we as we let her go to uh, the the trusted hands of the holy father well just knowing where she is and father ramil this has to be so special for you it's like a culmination of your question a few years ago, how can we honor Mother Cabrini on her 75th? And there's a jubilee, a beautiful big statue, a beautiful miniature, and, and handed to the Pope in Rome. So this has to be special. And if, if we're uh, if we're going to work at it, we have another jubilee coming up in 2025, the ordinary jubilee of the of the whole year. Oh, absolutely. And I think we we've been praying about it, and I think we have to bring the statue to Rome 
for the people here as well in Italy. As a reminder, she was a gift to us in the United States. Well, we'd like to gift her back because of the issues that we're dealing with in this world today. Absolutely. And as a way of reminding everyone that there is that, well, first of all, we as American citizens, as U.S. Uh, citizens and Chicago especially, we have a gift. We have a gift, and we would like to gift it to the Universal Church through the sure. Holy Father, through the hands of the Holy Father. So, I don't know. We're, I think we're kind of pumped to try in a year and a half. Let's see what we can Why do. Why not? What's, what's stopping us? That's what's right. stopping you all? I you think know. nothing is stopping us. Mother yeah. Cabrini has led us on this journey all along. It's been a deep spiritual journey, mm-hmm. too. I mean, it, it's not just a piece of bronze. It's no. all the connections between people that have resulted It's a life. I mean, too, you just, I think what we might want to do more of, because when I just started reading more about her, I'd heard about her as a child in Chicago at school. But then um, I thought, okay, I haven't, you know, don't know all the profound, her travels and the story, the violets, which we were, the the flowers and everything. And, um, but I'd love to go back to how she worked with migrants, how she believed they should be treated, and just employ a lot of what she felt and said and wrote, what she did for migrants. Just Mm -hmm. look at that today. Mm -hmm. All these years later, we have massive problems Mm -hmm. compared to, uh, you know, the problems that she faced. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, just a final word from each one of my guests. We're nearing the end of, of the time for the allotted for the show. So, Lou, the sculptor, Lou Cella, your final word? Uh, thank you, uh, Mother, for, for guiding us and taking us through this journey and what we hope is going to continue to be a, a very beautiful experience. And Carol. And, yes, thank you for that, Lou. And we're, we're just hoping that the world will come to love Mother Cabrini as we love her and appreciate her as we do, but more importantly, live out her message of care for the neediest among us, especially yeah. the immigrant. Indeed. And Father Ramil. The most important message for, of Mother Cabrini is that in addition to the care of migrants, um, children, and and all peoples, it was undergirded by her love of our Lord. Mm-hmm. We, we end every message that it's Christ's love that heals the world. And therefore, Mother's message is, know our Lord. Know his most sacred heart. You will know the Father. You'll know the Spirit. And you'll know heaven. Well, I want to close by thanking my guests and thanking Mother Cabrini for inspiring all of us, for being in our lives when we were young kids in school and learning about her, and now in Rome giving a statue of her to the Pope. So, God bless you all, and safe travels back to the Windy City. For more information on these stories, or to check out Joan's blog, and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.